Are you ready to become toxic person proof? Hey guys, Sarah K. Ramsey here to help you find love and success after a toxic relationship so you can design a life you're actually excited about living. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah, and I'm here with Keisha Bryan, who's a mental health counselor, a singles coach, a marriage therapist, and a trauma specialist who talks about getting stuck in dating and finding the same wrong guys over and over. Keisha, how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. How are you doing today? I'm good. Excited for our conversation. So you went through a pattern in your own life where you were kind of finding the wrong, Mr. Wrong over and over, right? I did. We're just dumping right in there. Um, yeah, I did. <laughs> Let's get, get you the good stuff, right? As quickly as possible. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I was around, I think about 25, 26 when I basically just came to a realization that um, if I kept repeating the patterns, that my life would was not going in the direction that I had hoped it would and that I wanted it to. I was actually, I realized that I was actually kind of working against myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so basically, long story short, um, grew up in a, a trauma-filled household never really saw a good representation of love or a valuing of women. And so um, I noticed in college and early 20s, I I longed for love because I never really had that fatherly love. Um, And I I knew it. My stuff traced back to daddy issues. Um, And so just one day after dating this guy, it just it just hit me like, oh, this this need not be. I don't have <laughs> to keep putting up with situationships or guys that um, like you, but they're not ready to commit or, you know, guys that um, just are narcissistic and different qualities. And I was like, you know what? I don't have to do with this, deal with this because it was getting to the place where it was impacting how I view myself. And of course, you know, the thing about low self-esteem is it just does not stay contained to one area of your life. You find yourself shrinking in other arenas in your career and even in your dreams. Like I wasn't even able to dream about a future that did not involve a man. And so, you know, I was like, I'm tired of my life being held hostage by honestly somebody else's crap. And so I went on what I called the man fast um, and I took six months off of dating. And I really just, and y'all, I'm a therapist. <laughs> so um, I just really had to sit with myself, work with myself. I, I remember my first assignment that um, my therapist gave me was, I was so afraid of being alone. So she told me, I want you to go to your favorite restaurant and go eat by yourself. And I was like, oh my God, I can't do that. Like people are gonna think I'm crazy or I'm some kind of weirdo. Like it just feels uncomfortable. She was like, okay, we'll start at Starbucks and sit there for 10 minutes and just enjoy your own company. And so needless to say, I went through this long journey, got in touch with who I was, started dreaming a future where I was in control and that wasn't necessarily tied to a man or not. Um, And around, I believe it was around October, I was like, um, okay, I think I'm, I'm ready to date. 
And believe it or not, the first guy I met after this sort of man fast was my husband. Um, And we have been together for about 14 years now. And so I, I really do think, and he's completely different than the guys that I was dating before. Um, and I really do think that that process that I went through prepared me um, for the in the universe's timing for the blessing that was coming right at that time. There are so many things I want to pick apart from what you just said, but I'm going to go back to the beginning, something really important that you started with. And you basically said, I recognized what I was doing wasn't working and decided to do something else. Yes. And that that sounds so basic. It sounds so simple. But you and your work, me and my work, we see people not do that all the time. And they say, oh, I don't think what I'm doing is working and I'm going to keep doing it. And I think what I'm doing isn't working. I'm just going to keep doing it. And maybe if I hope hard enough, I can make it work. And is that kind of a personality that it just it's heartbreaking and I just want to point it out to women and listeners and just say if it's not working try something else right I mean because here's the thing if that doesn't work you can always go back to the old pattern if you if you want you know if you miss it but um yeah I think change is one just recognizing change is half of the half of the battle, right? Like any problem that you have, just recognizing that it is a problem. I mean, that's the first step of AA. And the second step is realizing that something can be done about it. And that, um, you know, we have that power to be able to do that. And so um, funny story, the thing for me was I wanted a guy that I could take to the company picnic and not be embarrassed by what he would say. Like that was honestly, that was the thing. (laughs) I was like, I'm just, um, yeah, I'm tired of policing people's talk. Well, tired of policing people's talk. And what you didn't say is I just got really better at changing people, right? When you talked about guys who they lied to you, but they weren't ready to commit. What I commend you for not doing, especially in your 20s, because that's pretty young for this journey process. A lot of women do this when they're older. And as I want to clap, clap, clap for you for that. (laughs) And and then to say, um, what I didn't hear you say is, well, I'm a therapist, so I can just change them. I can love them into being somebody else. I can, with enough time and attention, I can make them not just like me, but one to commit to me. Uh, And so I do want to point that piece out from your story. And be very clear to say what you chose not to do, which is another pitfall I see people fall in. Yes, yes. And you would be surprised how many people seek services of a therapist or of a coach to try to get us to help them change somebody else's behavior. I wouldn't be surprised. And I, I mean, I say that all the time today. I'm not on the phone with them. You know, and I come across kind of harsh and it's like, look, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm trying to get you results. And there was somebody yesterday I talked to And I jumped in and kind of said the same thing. And she said, you know what? 13 years ago, I had gone to a therapist and they told me I should, you know, I could change him and this kind of stuff. And I said, well, I want to be better for you than they were because I didn't know that part of your story. But I jumped in saying that your path, your plan was really, your strategy was off in trying to, um, you know, change them. And if someone had been honest with you 13 years ago, Mm-hmm. you and I wouldn't be on the phone right now. If someone had had enough integrity and had gotten over their own savior syndrome, 
oh, I can save everybody. I can this. Yeah, that was not ethical. Whatever happened to her 13 years ago was not ethical. And, you know, she's working with me now. But I was just like, look, and someone lied to you. And I promise not to. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, you also have to be ready to hear that kind of feedback. You know, you have to even be able to, you know, be in the realm of possibility that, you know, this person may not ever change. Mm-hmm. And it is not my responsibility to change them. Mm-hmm. And I deserve better. So I think it's even some like pre-work that needs to be done to even be able to hear. Um, actually, you can't do that. And the good news is, is it was never your responsibility to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so- I got to a point in my own life. I was like, I'm not God. I'm not God. I'm not God. It's not my ability or in my framework or my responsibility to change everyone in my life. Like, I'm not God. And it was, it's a little bit heartbreaking, you know, (laughs) with somebody you love and care for. And we could be talking about kids at this point. We could be talking about spouses. We can be talking about parents, siblings, you know, it is heartbreaking. And I don't want to make light of that, but it is, I, I think we are both here to say life's a lot better on the other end. It really is. It really is. And I'm, I feel like I have the keys to the jail and I'm just unlocking women and just allowing them to step in that freedom of, you know, actually it's, it's not your responsibility, honey, you know, and, and I still have to be reminded, like in my own therapy, I was, you know, my therapist the other day was like, I don't know, is that your responsibility Keisha, to do that? And I was like, you're right. You know, so it's, you know, I, I, I personally think as women in this society, we were trained to think that. And it's almost weird when you don't. Mm-hmm. But it's a, a life is just so much more colorful when you realize what you actually have control over. And you don't get stuck and you feel like you're moving forward. And, you know, this is what I cannot control. This is what I can control. Uh, But I want to point out something else you said. Uh, See, I I just took good mental notes. Okay, you talked about going out to eat by yourself, which I also highly recommend. Um, And then that sense of not being alone. Okay, so you're, I'm in a relationship of, I guess, February, it'll be six years, you know, you're like 14 years in, right? I'm going to say something. I don't mean for it to sound insulting towards my husband because it's not, but I'm always alone to some extent. Like, I I think there's this idea that it's like, okay, when you're in a couple, it's, we don't say this, but it's like, I'm not as responsible for my life. I'm not as, you know, there's some, do, do you know what I'm saying? Because That sense of like, I can't be alone, bringing that into a marriage, even with a good guy, would be really hard on a marriage and a relationship. Do you agree? Oh, I totally agree. I totally agree. And one of my favorite things in my therapy practice is couples counseling. And I'm telling you, if people realize that earlier on, it would, y'all wouldn't even have to come and see me um, because it's just this realization of, my husband can't make me happy. I have to make me happy. And I know when I'm a happier me, that makes our marriage happier. And so, and I also encourage him, do what makes you happy, right? Like 
go go play golf go do this go whatever I you at a golf tournament right now as we record this oh that's awesome <laughs> so i get the wife award of the day right <laughs> i'll tell him <laughs> yes um but you know do those things because you know like marriage really isn't 50 50 it's 100 100 like i have to fully show up as me and until I did that work of getting myself comfortable in my own skin, and I encourage my clients to do that, I couldn't be um, who I am, not, you know, to him or even to my daughter. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it also sets up your partner for failure, because what happens is I think when you get coupled, you're busy, like, hanging on to them and getting mad when you're not happy. Because you're almost asking them, you you are asking him them to fill a hole that they cannot do. And so it just sets up the relationship for disappointment um, and toxicity to come in. And so, you know, with all of the women that I work with, whether they're married or single, I definitely encourage them. You, Honey, you got to be comfortable with you because even with the kids, you know, our, our goal is to raise them up um, and then to shoo them off and find their own nests and be successful, right? Um, Are you sure? I think the purpose of having children is to enmesh them in yourself and forever have someone so that you're (laughs) never alone and not allowing them to have their own life because you just get to choose their life for them and use them as a substitute for having a life. And obviously I'm being silly here. Um, But I have, you've, probably experienced this too. I've never heard any person come to me and say, you know what? My mother was just so emotionally stable. She was so emotionally healthy. She had great boundaries with herself and others. She learned how to, the the beautiful balance of making herself a priority and making us a priority. And I'm just really damaged from that. Do you think I could, you know, get some counseling on how to heal from my mother's, you know, emotional health? Like never. I mean, never. Never. Never yet. Women are like, oh, let me, oh, they'll be jump on the, as quick as I can. Let me get my kids counseling. Let me give my kids the help they need. Let me get, and it's like, you can never have them. It's not fair to ask them to grow past where you are. Exactly. Exactly. You're, it's, it's a setup, right? You're asking them to do something that you didn't give them the tools to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I often think some of the best things you can do before going into family counseling is to pa- get the parents and the individual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and not in a shaming kind of way. You know, we all have unhealthy patterns, and you that know, I joke. Example way, it's a lead by example. I'm not going to ask my children to do something I'm not willing to do myself. Yeah, and this work is hard. Mm-hmm. You know, this work is 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 hard, but it it makes life so much easier when you do it. And so it's a great example for you, for your kids, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. I hope so. I mean, that's what I try to be and what I try to talk my women into being instead of how do I worry, you know, how do I not worry about my kids, you know, lead them right. by example, show them, do the hard work so that it's easier on them, lift their burden. Because uh, none of us can change the past. If we married the wrong person or had kids with the wrong person or whatever else, none of us can change that. But but we can lead forward. Exactly, exactly. And the kids know. Kids know when mama's not happy. Mm-hmm, kids mm-hmm. know. Like we would, one of the first lessons I remember learning in one of my family therapy classes is 
the, whatever the adults don't want the kids to know, the kids already know. Mm, great know. statement. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Great statement. So let's talk a little bit about what you did in that six month period. If, if a woman needs to, if there, she's stuck in dating and she decides to take her own man fast. Okay. What's the difference and what's the, the, you know, the stepping stones between not being ready and having a whole shaped piece of you that you're bringing into relationships and then a whole W H O L E version of you to bring into relationships. Yeah, I love that. Some of the things that I did is I remember um, journaling a lot. Um, affirmations was huge for me. Like I had a mirror. I bought, I think from like the dollar store and I wrote um, different affirmations or I've, um, you know, I even wrote some scriptures or, you know, just things that were personal to me about how I was created and who I am. And I read those every morning as I was doing my hair. Was um, that about changing a toxic voice in your head? Oh, yes. Yeah, that was okay. definitely changing a toxic voice of, um, you know, just life. And honestly, it was a lot of um, the, I call it the record of trauma, right? Just it's our minds maybe have about five or six sentences that they repeat or five or six you know, strong beliefs that they have. Um, and if you've experienced trauma, a lot of times those are very toxic and hurtful statements, like so hurtful that like it even pains me to repeat it today. Um, some of the things that those voices would say. Um, and so just getting another tape, another record in my head was important. Um, so I did that and, you know, I, I lived my best life. I was like, you know, I'm traveling, um, with girlfriends. Wait in your house and wait for your, the perfect guy to like ring the doorbell. And then when you came in, he said, Hey, I'm here and you can have all your walls up and you don't have to be emotionally vulnerable at all. Cause I'm going to do all the work. And so when you <laughs> <laughs> but it's these it's these things and I want to say them out loud because then we can laugh about them when we realize but if we don't say them out loud they live in our head exactly. the, to the toxic voice in my head says I'm a failure and that is the which is crazy and probably our listeners are like what you know but that is the toxic voice that I have had to uh, wrestle with through the years. I have an article called my friend failure. I wrote years ago, you know, but if we don't say some of these things out loud, right. And we think we're the only one saying them or, you know, and I see women, well, you know, I don't want to be vulnerable. So <laughs> how, how do I get to know a guy without having to get to know him? What? You, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good that's a good way to uh, attract a superficial man I guess mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but not one with much substance yeah yeah and, and what do you think doing the own work doing the affirmations putting yourself out there living your best life all those things I agree with so strongly anything else for you when it's like here's the difference in getting a quality man looking to commit versus uh, an F boy or whatever else uh, right. he may be. 
You know, I I honestly started envisioning what kind of life I wanted to live. Like I knew I wanted kids. I knew I wanted to have a home. I knew I wanted, you know, a certain financial picture. And granted, you know, I'm I'm a social worker, you know, so I wasn't working a lot, um, but I had enough. And so I knew that if I had enough in that season, if I planned, um, I would have enough in the next season. And so I just honestly started dreaming because I've noticed like what a lot of women do is, oh, when I get married, I'm going to do this. When I get married, I'm going to do that. Or, oh, when I get a man, we're going to go to England. I mean, I was like, screw that. I'm going to do that now. I'm going to figure out a way, granted. I might have to save for it for two years, but I got a girlfriend that's in the same boat as me and we're going to make it happen. And I honestly just started dreaming. Like, I remember even looking into like adoption agencies. I was like, okay, well, you know, if, if it doesn't happen by this age, you know, if, if, if I meant to mother, be someone's mother, I will be someone's mother. Um, and so it was just honestly just figuring out what I wanted um, and making steps towards that and believing that I could do it and I didn't need someone else to save me to do it. And I want to compliment you again and say there was a dream and there was action. And I see people either very disconnected with the dream and they're just kind of going through dating apps, but they're so worn down and they're just so miserable at that point. So they've lost connection with the dream. Or I see people who are daydreaming in their head and their affirmations are, oh, I'm going to be loved. I'm going to be beautiful. I'm going to be this. But then it's like, when's the last time you met someone or put yourself out there or took action or so I really do want to compliment your plan and point out that like my own it was imagination and action it was the the dreams taking responsibility for the dreams I heard you say and then taking action towards that yeah definitely and I will tell you when I did get back out there it's something about being in that that plane of if I ran across a man who was not in that plane, I I immediately knew. And it wasn't like a, oh, I might could help him. I might could fix him. It was a, okay, well, this isn't, um, this isn't what you're going for out of life and that's fine, but this is what I'm going for. And so I, I knew that, that it was not a good match at that point, right? It wasn't so emotional anymore. It was just like, oh, it doesn't fit. You seem like a cool dude, but it doesn't fit. So you didn't journal about everything that's wrong with you and then point out how you were doomed to be alone for the rest of your life or, and I know I'm being silly with you. I know I'm saying a bunch of stuff, but, but it is, it's heartbreaking and it's heartbreaking to see women trying to do the right things and the strategy being so off. And then they turn the toxic voice on themselves and say, oh, I'm ne- there's no hope. I'm always going to be alone. Everything is miserable, you know, and it's heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. It is, you know, and I had to, you know, just realize that whoever is meant to be, they're going to add. They're not going to subtract. Mm-hmm. I- you are a delight. Will you tell people where they can find more out about you? Yeah, definitely. Um, feel free to check out my website. That's insightforsingles.com. Um, insightforsingles.com. And then also I hang out a lot on social media. Keisha Bryan, LCSW, LCAS on Facebook and K Bryan, LCSW on Instagram. 
We will have those links in the show notes. Uh, And before I let you go, if you had one minute and you got to broadcast your voice to the entire world and tell our listeners one thing that you wish they knew um, that they might not know, what would you say? Yeah, I think I want to say um, I do believe that um, women, and this is kind of my mission and my why, women, I think we do have the power to change society. And I think healthy women that are dating and commanding healthy relationships builds healthy families that have healthy children and that promotes healthy communities. And so I just want to say to all of the women out there, especially if you already have a child, like take the time to work on you because our, the next generation is, is looking and um, we don't necessarily have a blueprint for life. Um, but we all took this 18 year old course called childhood. And so I just really want to encourage you to um, people are looking. You deserve um, the best that is for you. You don't have to put up with anybody's crap. And so just do the work. It's hard, but it's so, so worth it. Cause I do believe this is how we change this world around. I agree so much. And I love your answer. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. I'm excited. I had a good time. Thank you so much for the invite. Awesome. You guys check out the show notes, check out her info. And thank you for helping us on our journey to becoming toxic person proof. Thank you so much to all of you who have left reviews. I am so grateful to you uh, for your honesty, right? Uh, I don't pay for reviews. I don't usually ask people to do reviews, but it lets other women know they're in the right place. It lets other people know like, oh my gosh, this can really help me. We're all busy. None of us want to waste our time. And I never want to be a waste of your time. So when you leave a review, either for the book, Becoming Toxic Person Proof, or the podcast, and yes, you can leave reviews anonymously. You can always search uh, Google if you don't know how to do that. But when you leave a review, even if it's anonymous, it, it's telling other people, it's leaving a path for them so they know where to find information that could actually change their life and not waste their time. So thank you so much for those of you who have already left a review. And thank you for those who are going to leave a review and pay it forward and give back to the world to help other people become toxic person proof. Hello, wonderful. This is Sarah, and I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I know that there was something that you can take away to help you get past the past, get real about the present, or get serious about your future. And if I did my job, then hopefully it will help you with all three. If you are not in my Facebook group, Finding Love and Success After a Toxic Relationship, then consider this your personal invitation from me. I'm there live. There's tons of support and most importantly, tons more information to help you on your journey to become toxic person proof.